What a wonderful experience that we're having together, saints, as we gather this morning in our different homes to still declare that Jesus is King, to worship Him and to exalt Him. In our lounges, in our kitchens, we can still lift up our voices and declare that He still reigns in our hearts, in our communities, and indeed here in the nation of South Africa and the nations of the world. We are continuing with our series this morning, wonderful, and it is my absolute privilege to be sharing the Word of God. The purpose of this series as we were preparing is to make sure that as saints we continue to pursue the full wonder of the indwelling person. Just think about that for a moment. We are so blessed that we have the presence of God dwelling in us and through us. And we pray that as we go through these next couple of weeks, this will not just be a head knowledge, but this will translate to being a heart experience for all of us. That our devotional lifestyles at home, with our children, with our parents, even as we do it virtually, we improve because we are embracing that the Holy Spirit is here with us as we walk this journey. The title of today's message is Walking in Wonder. And I'm going to be reading from the book of 14 John. And so if you have your Bibles, the scripture will also be put up on the screen. Please, can you go to the book of John, chapter 14? We'll be reading from verse 15 and 16 as our main portions of scripture. And I will read. If you love me, these are the words of Jesus, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. In verse 26 and 27, as we go down in the same passage, it says, All this I have spoken whilst I was still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I leave with you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Let us pray together. Father, we are thankful for the next couple of minutes where we are going to listen to your word. We're thankful, Holy Spirit, that you have anointed your word this morning. And we trust that right now, in our hearts and in our homes, you're already doing a mighty work that the work that you have already started within us, you will bring to completion. We pray, Lord, for every single person who is going to hear this word. We pray, Lord, that we may walk in wonder. We may walk, Lord, full and, and flourishing, Lord, in your presence and communing with your beauty and your glory. Amen. Now, this is an amazing portion of scripture that we've just read. It's in John chapter 14. In fact, if you go to John chapter 13 all the way to John chapter 17, this is known as the upper room discourse. Basically, these are the very last words that Jesus shared with his disciples before he went to the cross. Uh, he's having a heartfelt uh, conversation with them. He's praying for them. He's praying for himself and he's praying, obviously, for the nations of the world. And it's a very sober uh, conversation that he's having with them. In fact, when there's no other passage of scripture in the Bible that is so rich in terms of the conversational peace that Jesus has with his disciples. At this very moment, there's just 11 disciples left. Judas is already gone. And it's just the 11 who are left. And they're, in, they're full of grief as Jesus is speaking to them. And the reason why they are so sad is if you imagine all these disciples had prior to this for the last three years walked with Jesus. Some of them, as you know, left 
their occupations. They left their nets in their boats and followed him, trusting that he was the Messiah and that he would protect them and lead them. You know, some of them left their, their jobs, like Matthew was a text collector. Some of them left their families and they tied their hearts along with Christ and they believed that the kingdom of God indeed was coming. And for three years, these disciples had walked with him, embraced him, loved him, learned from him. They had been the first-hand experiences of what God was doing. I remember as we read in the Bible, even as Jesus was, was performing miracles, they had the first and front row seats. They saw the, 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 the deaf hearing, they saw the blind seeing, the mute speaking, they saw the lepers being cleaned. In fact, even when stuff like the multiplication of bread was done, they were the very ones who carried the baskets and they were the ones that distributed the fish and the loaves of bread. And so they were so close to Jesus and they really loved him and they loved being by his side. He was their comfort. Think about it. They, they saw him walk on water. You know, they saw, they saw him steal the storm and the wind and they were like, wow, this man is amazing. He is the son of God. And so they, were, they put all their confidence and all their trust in him. If you read the account according to John, it says the, the pinnacle of their journey, they go to a place called Bethany and Lazarus had died. And he gets there and he resurrects Lazarus. And I can imagine if I was a disciple, everyone is going crazy. Everyone is excited. This guy has just raised someone from the dead. And, you know, they're standing around him. They're like his personal entourage. They, they're like important and everyone's trying to get to Jesus. But they're feeling excited. It's like he's the resurrection and he's the life. And everything seems to be going so well. The very next day, they keep walking and now they're heading to Jerusalem and people start breaking uh, branches of palms and laying them on the road and everyone seems to be singing Hosanna, you know, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And I can imagine the disciples having such a great time. They're so excited. They're so blessed. But you know, in the middle of all this excitement, something was lingering at the back of their minds. Through this whole three-year journey, Jesus seemed to keep telling them through different metaphors, through different similes, through different parables and words in parables that he was going to die, that he was going to leave them, that they were going to be alone for a season. And I can, I can imagine at first when they heard these things, they, they probably would have just said, ah, well, that's, that's just something he said, you know, you know, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And they're like, yeah, but he said something else. And he says, well, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground, you know, it does, it abideth alone. But unless it falls to the ground and it dies, then it bears much fruit. And so they kept hearing all these things, but it didn't really click until later on in the journey. In fact, if you read in Matthew chapter 16, it says from that time on, verse 21 and chapter 20, verse 17, Jesus began to tell them plainly that he was going to die. And now they've come to Jerusalem and they're in the upper room and that reality has sunk in. Their normal is about to change. They are now stuck. They are now afraid, what will our new normal look like? What will, to, what will tomorrow hold? Jesus, how will we make it without you? How will we progress? Like a lot of us right now feeling like, how will we survive beyond this pandemic? What will our new normal look like? They were in the very same boat. They were afraid. They were filled with grief. They were filled with remorse. They were scared. And Jesus begins to minister to them. And in John chapter 14, verse 1, he says, Trust in God. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. Friends, do you know that the measure and the weight of our trust is best weighed in times of crisis? This is when our trust is weighed. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. This is best tested in times of trouble. And Jesus is saying to them, right now in the middle of the crisis, right now as you are about to go through a period of uncertainty, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust me. And he continues to to encourage them and he says, look, even though I'm going, I'm going to heaven. And in my father's house, there are many rooms, there are many mansions. He takes their focus away from what they are going to go through. And right now, saying some of us, we need God to realign what we are looking at. Trust in God. Remember the end goal. Remember that he's still seated on high. Remember that we are still going to heaven and God still reigns forever and ever. And he is, as he is comforting them, he gets to our scripture that we want to just have a few moments of, of, of introspection into this morning. He says in verse 5, If you love me, you will obey my commands. Which is quite strange. As he was comforting them, it seems that he gives them a pivot to the prophet promise that he's about to give. He says to them, if you love me, you obey my commands. When I was studying that, that whole chapter, I was surprised to see that he actually repeated it three times. You look at verse 21 and verse 23. He says, whosoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. Verse 23 says, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. There is such an emphasis even in a time of crisis, in a time of emphasis, that we must still continue to love the Lord, that we must still continue to obey him. Because saints, it is in loving him, it is in obeying him, that we get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. Even when times are hard, even when things seem like they're folding together, it is in those times that we continue to search for him, that we continue to do our devotions, we continue to read the word, we continue to meditate, we continue to give, we continue to tithe, we continue to seek his face. That is where we begin to experience the person of the Holy Spirit. We continue to obey him, even when times are hard. You see, it is our daily devotion. We should not give up on our daily devotion. The Bible instructs us, do not give up the spirit of meeting together, even when times are hard. Let us continue to meet together. Encouraged by the churches in China, even under so much persecution, they continue to meet. And the Holy Spirit shows up. Says we must continue to meditate on scripture. As we continue to put our trust in him, we begin to hear the spirit of God fill us. We begin to hear his voice. We begin to get instruction and comfort and direction. After that pivot, he then says to them, Do you know what? If you continue to obey my commandments and you continue to love me, do you know what? I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. And the word in English, there, another, just means another. But when you look in the original translation of the word, it actually means the person that I'm bringing is just like me. In other words, Jesus is saying to his disciples, I am going and I will not be here. But you know what? There is someone who is just like me who will be here with you. The spirit of truth. He will love you the same way I loved you. He will care for you the same way I cared for you. He will provide for you the same way I provided for you. He will guide you. He will teach you. And guess what? Not only you, but everyone across the world. And the word paraclete there, broken down from the Greek, actually means someone who walks by your side. 
Someone who is with you throughout the journey. So saints, is that not wonderful news? That Jesus is saying to us, even in this time of crisis, in this time when most of us are, are cowering away and we are afraid because we have no idea what tomorrow holds. He says, do not worry. You continue to love me. You continue to obey my commands. You continue to seek my face. And the Holy Spirit will be with you. He will be inside you. And he will walk with you this journey. Reminded of Psalms 23 where the psalmist says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because his rod and his staff, it is with me, it comforts me. The Holy Spirit is with me as I walk through. The psalmist says, though I walk through the fires, the flames will not burn me. Though I walk through the waters, the, 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 the waves will not wash over me. Because we are walking with him. He is with us. He is with us. The person of the Holy Spirit is with us. It is in walking with him and trusting him that we experience a life that is full of wonder. It is with walking with him on a daily basis, trusting him that we experience that he is indeed with us. And so I want to encourage you, friends, this morning, continue to walk, continue to walk, continue to trust God, continue to lift up your voice and cry out to him and give him praises. Continue to declare him king in your homes. Even as a family gather together, continue to break bread. Continue to call your friends virtually and encourage each other. Continue to intercede on behalf of the church. Because it is when we walk and continue to walk with him, and continue to trust him, that you know that life of wonder begins to swell up and erupt out of us. I know a friend of mine over the years who used to say, my one desire is to be the epicenter of God's presence. You know, I want to go into situations, I want to go into scenarios and say, do you know what, I'm walking with God. I can bring a solution because I'm not coming in here by myself, but I come with him. The next point, which I just want us to have a few moments to ponder about is, you know, when we read the next verse that I'd highlighted, he says that the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will remind you everything that I've said to you. He is the spirit of truth. He teaches us all things. I know a lot of us right now are, are worried. There's so much information going around, so many sources of news. But you know, the Holy Spirit is here with us. And as we spend time in his word, as we spend time in prayer, as we spend time just obeying him and loving him and devoting ourselves to him, he begins to open up our hearts and open up our minds. He begins to give us even solutions to the problems that we have because it is in listening to him and learning from him that we get victory and peace. It's when we walk with him and we open up our hearts and say, Lord, I, I'd like to hear from you in this moment. I want to trust you, Jesus. I want to trust you, Lord. I want to open up my heart. I want to hear your voice. Lead me, Lord. And so Jesus was saying to his disciples, the time is coming as he said to the Samaritan woman. <laughs> and the time is actually now that those that worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. And it is no longer about buildings. It is no longer about a mountain. It is no longer about temples. It is about us connecting with the spirit of God. And so as I come to the close this morning, I'd like to leave a, more, a bit more time for us to be able to, to pray in our small groups, to pray as families, to pray as couples, to invite the Holy Spirit into our homes. Have you been walking this life by yourself? 
Have you been trying to make sense of this whole situation in your own logic? Have you been trying to deal with the circumstances that are bombarding you from every angle in your own strength? Retrenchments, pay cuts, business closures, family disputes, death in the family. Have you been trying to carry all that weight on your own shoulders? Have you closed your heart and your ears to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Do you need peace today? Do you need comfort? Do you need guidance? Are you yearning for him to speak to you? In Joel chapter 2, the scripture that I mentioned at the beginning of the word this morning, Joel gives this promise as a prophecy. And he said, in those days, this is what the Lord says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, on all people. What a great promise. He says, anyone and everyone, our sons, our daughters, our fathers, our mothers, our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, anyone who is willing, who loves the Lord, who obeys him, who searches for him, who devotes his life to him, his spirit will be poured out to him. He can walk with God in this season. Romans 8 verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many, that means me, that means you, that means you guys seated in your lounge right now. And for as many, that's an invitation to all of us. No longer do we live in the old covenant where it was one person who went to the temple on one day and had to do a hundred things and had to come back and tell everyone what God was saying. But you and I today, you and I today can experience the majesty and the wonder of walking with God. The Bible further says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it even entered the hearts of man. What God has planned for us. But God reveals these things to us through his spirit. Because the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. I'm going to invite us to pray as families, Perhaps you want to join hands and say, Lord, today, over the next few days, over the next week, may you walk with us. May we hear your voice. May you direct us. If you have areas where you feel you need comfort, if the areas where you feel you've been struggling, if the areas where you feel vulnerable, where you feel exposed, where you feel, Lord, I can't handle this issue, I have the struggle. I invite you to invite the Holy Spirit this morning and say, Lord, we want to love you. We want to obey you. And more importantly, Lord, we want to commune and to walk with you and experience your full wonder.